Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel Langmire with Laurel's Real Money Talks, the podcast that teaches you how to make money, how to keep it, and how to invest it with an extraordinary team. And today I've got a great friend, a great guest who's going to talk about how to make money. Not only how he's doing it with his book, he's got an extraordinary podcast, he's got a great following. We do a lot together and collaborate together. So Matt, welcome to Laurel's Real Money Talks. Hey, thanks for having me, Laurel. Appreciate uh, coming on the show. Absolutely. So Matt is a two-time best-selling author, master trainer of NLP, which I love. And so even though we weren't going to talk about that, somehow I'm going to weave that in because I think it's just so amazing how you do that. We always can. We always can. We always do. He was self-made millionaire by 25 years old, speaks and produces workshops all over the world from the U.S. to Australia, New Zealand, the U.K. And he has, uh, again, one of the top-rated podcasts on iTunes. So, uh, extraordinary. Oh, wow. You're on 1530 AM in Chicago. That's the new one you were telling about and 1027 FM. Well done. So so uh, he's been in the movie, The Journey uh, with Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor and all over the news, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. So Matt, talk a little bit about what inspired you to write a book. You know, I'm a bestseller, you're a bestseller. Everybody says you got to have a book, but what inspired you to do yours? So the book's called The Firebox Principle, The Seven Drives of Fuel Every Entrepreneur. And really, this is almost more of a storybook. I started looking around at entrepreneurs and people who have done really cool things, visionaries and whatnot. And it took me back. I remember real quick, I was six years old. I'm sitting behind this big oak tree starting kindergarten, first day of kindergarten. And I looked out and I remember vividly seeing all these kids and thinking, there's no way I could play with them. They all played together, but I couldn't go talk to them. And that traveled with me all through school. And I mean, honestly, up until I started my first business at 22 years old, that's when the very first time I really remember having people rally around me instead of me trying to fit in, looking from the outside in. And I found a lot of people related to that. And entrepreneurship was the thing that allowed me to fit in. It allowed me to create a vision. It allowed people to rally around what I was doing. And then, of course, that's where money started flowing to. And when there was more money in my life, it was also a lot easier to have people to rally around that vision and make it happen. Mm, Absolutely. So let's get right into the seven drives and what you wrote the book about and how those that are listening to our podcast can apply that. So what I looked at is I looked at the origin stories of every great visionary entrepreneur I could find from the past and the present. And what it landed on was there were seven different motivational deep drives inside that drove them to do and create what they created. Now, let me first, I guess, tell you what's important about it as far as money goes, as far as wealth and success. If you understand what your deep, deep unconscious drive is for the reason why you do what you do, two things are going to happen. One is when you make money, when you do create the success, you'll know that you're congruent with the reason why you're doing it and you'll keep it. You'll stay on task. You won't sabotage yourself. And the second thing is, you might find yourself as you go through the book and you figure out what your drive is, you might look and go, oh no, oh no, 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 this is the wrong, this is the wrong reason. <laughs> My ladder is against the wrong wall. And if you can get that, you can actually shift your drive. And so instead of getting rid of your money, which is what I did, I was a self-millionaire by 25, I was bankrupt by 26, and I had to make it back again. 
And the reason why I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, that's the best part. I don't say that on all my speaker intros. (laughs) But the best part is the drive that drove me in my early 20s to create the first set of wealth, I changed. My drive shifted. So I had to understand what they were. So here's the seven. The seven are the significance drive, the artisan drive, the world impact drive, the contribution drive, spiritual drive, the thrive drive, and the avenger drive. Now, that was a seven of them pretty darn quick. Uh, but again, it's significance, artisan. Significance is because you want to be important. Artisan is because it's beautiful. You want to make something gorgeous, like Steve Jobs. The world impact drive. You want to change the trajectory of the earth, like Bucky Fuller. Contribution drive, it's all about the people. Like a Blake Mikowski from Tom's Shoes, who said, I saw these kids with no shoes, and I want to fix that. Spiritual drive is because your creator said so, and that's where you see a Billy Graham and people like that. Thrive Drive is all about the money or the success. And really, it's about improving your station in life. You find the Thrive Drive a lot in refugees. People come over to a new country because they want a new life, a better life. And the Avenger Drive, that's about taking it wrong and making it right, or sometimes getting revenge on someone. You find a lot of people that are mad and they want to fix something, they want to change something, or they want to stick it to someone. So we could jump into any of those or all those or wherever you want to go. Well, talk about you. So which one was you? And I'm sure during your 25 to 26 year old experience that shifted something around you, right? I knew you'd ask that. So here's the cool cool thing about these drives is number one is they're not a personality profile. So they'll change over time and in different contexts in life. So I relate to about five out of these seven in different areas and different stories that I've had over years. So when I was growing up at 18 and starting to really figure out money, I was in the mortgage business and then real estate and flipping houses and that kind of stuff. The drive that drove me was the significance drive. What I realized was I'm the baby of the family and I was loved and all that, but my sister, you know, straight A's and she did all the extracurricular stuff and she got accolades and she was awesome. I love her. My brother was always getting in trouble and getting kicked out of schools and arrested. So he got attention. And me, I just kind of just went along. So what I realized looking back at 18, 19, 20, I never really felt significant or important. I just kind of felt like I was the baby of the family. So when I started making money for the first time, and I I remember distinctly, I was 20 years old and I went into my boss's office and I said three little words that I needed to figure out the math, but it more than quadrupled, it probably... 100x what I made. I walked into his office and I said, I want in. I want in. I was helping him so much. I was there late. I was there early. I was strategy. I was really running this small real estate business for him. And I'm 20 years old. I said, I want in. So overnight, I went from making $3,000 a month salary to an average of $25,000 a month with salary plus bonus. And in that moment, I felt so important. I didn't feel rich. I didn't feel like I wanted to get a new boat. I got a new car and I paid cash for it, but that wasn't what it was about. It was about being significant and important. And by the time I was 26, the need for significance sort of wore off. I, I began realizing, I guess I am significant just because of who I am, you know, not because of how much money I make. So I didn't need it anymore. So I looked around at the money and was like, I don't care about this. And then I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and I saw people changing their lives. And I was like, I want to help people. So my drive started changing and I didn't know how to, how to navigate it. So what I did is I canceled off everything in real estate. I "I don't care about that. I just want to help people. I went from the significance drive to the contribution drive very quickly overnight. And I basically gave up on the money side of life thinking that wasn't important anymore. 
So if I had one big key lesson, it's if you find yourself shifting drives, I mean, get the book, realize it, and then don't throw the baby out with the proverbial bathwater. How interesting. So how does someone obviously reading your book, uh, assuming there's like questionnaires and sections where they can figure out who they are? There is. There's even a free quiz I put together, Laurel. Can you believe that? It's at Firebox. I love that. (laughs) At fireboxbook.com. You can pick up the book, but then uh, I also give you a $1,000 free training that's just there. And there's a free quiz. No strings attached. You can take a quiz and find out which of the seven drives you relate to the most. And then let's bring it back to money, which, uh, you know, I was going to do that too. So is there one that tends to be the key for entrepreneurs? Is there one drive that you consistently or more readily see in successful entrepreneurs as we kind of look out to that landscape? You know, it's funny you say that. There's all of them have have successful entrepreneurs behind them. World Impact Drive has an Elon Musk. He does okay for himself. Contribution Drive has you know Tom Shoes and people like that, and he's done well for himself. But the one that I see overarching more than any of them, oddly, is the Avenger Drive. It's the people who get a fire in their belly and are upset. I'll give you a quick example. There's a company, uh, a pub restaurant in the UK called Witherspoons. And Witherspoons started because there's the first Witherspoons ever. The founder had a third grade teacher who told him he was never going to amount to anything. And he was slow and he wasn't as smart as the other kids and he should just give it up. That fired him so much that when he grew up, went to business school, he decided to start his own kind of a Denny's right in the UK. And he put his first ever Witherspoons And he called it Witherspoons because his third grade teacher's name was, of course, Mrs. Witherspoon. Not only that, but he put the first restaurant right across the street from his elementary school. So every day when Mrs. Witherspoon walked out to her car, she would look up and be reminded that she was dead wrong about some kid and that she should never do it to another one. That's an example of the Avenger drive when someone was so driven by anger or resentment or upset about something. I want to change something. I want to prove a point. And that can produce such a great fire. Companies like Lamborghini started to prove a point to Ferrari. Dyson Vacuum started to prove a point to the vacuum cleaner industry. And the list goes on. But there are so many great companies that have founded and made a ton of money because they're driven by the Avenger Drive. How interesting. So once you find out, I mean, is there, what do you do with it? It's interesting. I think a lot of people probably take that significant role in life early. And then once they have it, move on to something else. But once you have it, uh, I'm assuming there are some steps that we do to become more effective. Once we know it, what do we do with it? You really have two options. No, it's much more than knowing it. It's for everyone with wealth, but especially in the business landscape. And, And you're a huge proponent of this. I know, Laurel, obviously. Everyone who's building wealth, you must have entities as well. You're probably gonna have a team around you. You shout that out, and I do too. So the two things you can do is, number one, if you know that you're congruent with it, if you find out, you take the quiz, and you go, oh my gosh, I'm significant drive. My dad overshadowed me like Rupert Murdoch's dad did. And I never felt like I was enough. Oh my gosh, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm creating this. Number one is give it to your brand. Wave the flag with pride. Tell people, this is my story. Put your story on things. Share it with your team. Shockingly, a lot of people on your team probably don't even know that's what your, your story is. So instead of hiding it, share it. The second option, though, is if you realize that, and let's just take significance drive, same thing, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm doing this out of significance, but really this is a nonprofit and we're supposed to be a contribution centered about the people. Then your option is change it. 
And I go into companies all the time. I've been to the YMCA, US Bank, going into Apple and even NASA later next year. And I want to go in and, and help change corporate culture, change the story that people think this is why we do what we do. You know, you look at a NASA and you can't be inspired in 2018 from what JFK said in 1960. Like as inspiring as that is, the rules have changed. The vision has changed. So sometimes you got to realize that the drive that started something isn't the drive to continue something. So it's time to change that. Once you change it, show up authentically, be the you. I would say greatness cannot be fabricated. It can only be forged and created. Mm, just brilliant. You say that again. Love that. Greatness cannot be fabricated. It can only be forged, created. And let's even say this. It can be forged with a pickaxe of vision and a shovel of determination. I put that in the book. So hold up your firebox. <laughs> I am proud. We need to see who you really are. And that's how you gain real wealth. That's how you keep it. That's how you keep the team happy and around you. Because people want right now, Laurel, they want story. They want real reasons. They want authenticity. And knowing your firebox drive will drive the authenticity behind the story behind why you're creating the wealth you are. And people will follow along with you, I promise. So let's bring NLP into it. I mean, you're a master at uh, trainer and understanding of NLP. How does that work within these drives? So the biggest thing that NLP can do for someone is to help behavioral change. The fastest definition I have for neuro-linguistic programming or NLP is how to take back control of your brain or how to take back influence over your life. And once you have that, you can then use that communication to influence others as well. So if you are wanting to be one drive, but you're feeling like you're stuck in another, where NLP comes in is being able to create intervention and change. Now, there's a lot to it books on NLP. There's whole courses. My voice is a little hoarse because we just finished a six-day course Saturday night at about 3 a.m. certifying coaches and practitioners in NLP. But in those courses and in those classes, you'll learn how to do behavioral shift and change at the unconscious level. So if you feel like I have one drive and I got to change it, but I feel guilty about this, or I feel fear around something, or I'm stuck in this habit of doing what I don't want to do anymore... That's the thing that'll shift it the most. And NLP is the thing that'll intervene on that behavior. So people don't know NLP very well. Just a few tips uh, as we wrap up the podcast. How would they use it? How do they implement it? Besides, we'll see you. <laughs> let, me give, let me give you one example. I think in the time we have would make a lot of sense. So one of the most underrated yet powerful techniques or frames in NLP is what we call association dissociation. So association simply is if you imagined a a memory of yours or you imagine leading the charge in your business or or in your wealth, and in the memory, you're actually looking through your own eyes as if you are living that memory. That's called associated. If you looked at the memory, but it was as if you were watching yourself on television or watching yourself in a picture, that's called dissociated. Very simple. But what most people don't realize is the power and the difference between the two. And when you think about your memories... Every time I ask someone, oh, do you think in your memories, do you see yourself in the picture or do you look through your own eyes? No one ever knows until they try it out. If you consciously, on purpose, decide when to associate. So the reason you want to associate is it's 10 times easier to feel feelings and get motivations. So if I'm imagining in my mind, 
the hustle and the grind or the work to create the wealth that I want to create. If, I, if I'm going to imagine my mind sitting on my yacht or impacting the children in a third world country, whatever the dream is for you, why you want your wealth, when you associate and look through your own eyes, the motivation has been shown to go higher and higher and higher. So the literally the next morning when you wake up and decide what you're going to do, do you hit the snooze alarm three or four dozen times? Or do you get up, throw the covers off and go, yes, it's time for today. I'm going to get out there and start working on this dream. The difference on what you'll actually do is based on the feeling of motivation that you get unconsciously in the morning. If you associate into your goals, your memories, and your action steps, you'll be more likely to take action on it. If you dissociate, you'll feel like it's something like you watch Netflix. You know, you don't want to watch your dreams in your mind just like you're watching Netflix because it's very passive. So the quick tip and just the, the rehash of that is when you get your visions, your goals, and your action steps, look through your own eyes in your own mind, in your mind's eye, see yourself doing the things and accomplishing the things you need to accomplish. It'll create more inner motivation and you're much more likely to throw the covers off and get up and go after it the next day. And it's all about action, really. It's not about how you feel. It's all about the action it produces. How's that? So Matt, when that yeah, it's awesome. Great and very quick, but very useful. So there's a whole bunch of people, and I, I know you see them like I see them, who still, I'm going to say, are stuck in 2008-9, right? I don't want to go again. I've already been burned. I don't want to go again. I've lost it all. I don't want to go again to risk it all. Like, you hear that same story that I hear, you know, mine's around money, yours is just around, you know, you said dreams, visions, goals. What do you tell those folks? How do they shift from that place? The same thing I had to tell myself, because I lost millions of dollars in 2008, millions. And what I tell myself is really simply, as soon as I said, I can't afford to get back out there and do something, I can't afford to do that. I just look at myself and say, I can't afford not to. Because the truth is, you're always going to fail. <laughs> Sorry. You're always going to fail. You're always going to be overwhelmed. But the question is, by what? And what do you do with it? When we fail, it's not a question of if, it's always when, and it's, it's the meaning. So ask yourself, when you failed, when you've struggled, when it's been hard, what did you make that mean? Now, some people make it mean, hey, I tried hard. I learned something that was painful but now I get to get up out of the ashes and decide what to do with myself. Now I get to decide what that means. Did it mean that if I can get through that, I can get through anything. And that's what 2008 meant to me. If I could get through that hardship, I can get through anything. It'll never be that bad. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. so I might as well try. Mm -hmm. But some people make it mean I'm a failure. They make it mean, oh, you know what? I tried that thing once. I never need to do it again. So decide what it means. And if you can get through one thing, you can get through anything. Totally agree. So, Matt, thank you. This has uh, been Laurel's Real Money Talks. And again, those of you who want to get a hold of Matt, again, Matt, uh, tell a little bit more about the book, the quiz, and how they can get a hold of you. Thanks, Laurel. So, the book is The Firebox Principle, The Seven Drives that Fuel Every Entrepreneur, and you can find it at fireboxbook.com. Fireboxbook.com. It has all seven drives and stories in each chapter. So, I share different stories with entrepreneurs from the past, like Alexander Graham Bell, and into the future or into today, people like Elon Musk and, and Rupert Murdoch, they're all in there. We have 20 plus influencers, innovators, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs. And if you go there, you'll pick up a hardcover copy of the book. We'll sign it for you. And we give a, and it's not a webinar or a sales thing. It's a $997 training that's me teaching the Firebox principle in depth. So it's just an advanced training that goes along with the book that's totally free when you pick up the book direct from the publisher. 
And then there's also the free quiz, same website, fireboxbook.com. And then, of course, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and all social media at Matt Browning, which is B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G, at Matt Browning. Love to uh, engage with you. Absolutely. Matt, it's been uh, great to have you. And those of you that are listening from all over the world onto the podcast, take Matt's inspiration words, go find his book, and find out what drive you are. And uh, then we'll come back here and learn more about money and how to monetize it, how to keep it, and how to help you get it invested with a great team. Go to asklaurel.com, A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. At any time, you can make a request, you can ask a question, and uh, through that portal is how I interact with you uh, once you listen to the podcast. So look forward to our conversations, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Every week.